Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com, and when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast Show. San Diego wrap-up, uh, San Diego Supercross, San Diego Superchargers. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me, as usual, on the line, uh, two of the smarter people in the pits, and uh, that counterbalances my stupidity. Um, David Pingree. Yes, sir. And Jason Wygant. We're the smarter people. You guys are the smarter we have people. guests? Yeah. We nope. have guests this week? It's you, both of you. Oh. Both of you. Um, oh, I, could, I could only hope to be... Like you too. Yeah. Um. Anyways, let's talk about San Diego. Both of us, all of us, were there, um, and we all took it in. And I guess uh, that's two in a row for Villapoto. Although the lappers made it interesting. Why? Or let's talk. Let's go with Ping because he's a racer. Even though I got four Manitoba titles, as we all know. Let's go with Ping. Uh, how much do you think the lappers were to blame for Reed getting close? Were the lappers the problem? Should they be out? Should they have gotten out of the way? Should they be executed? at dawn tomorrow for what they did? Well, depending on who you ask, you probably get all of those answers. Yeah. Um, you know, lappers are a part of it, unfortunately, a lot of times. You know, I, to me, I thought Reed was still was still pulling him in, you know, and probably had a shot to get to him by the end, mm-hmm. even without lappers. He was just better through the whoops. But, um, yeah, there was definitely a couple of guys who – you're just like, what are you doing? You know, get out of the freaking way. Right. And and, and like, like I said, uh, we were talking about this last night on the show. It's it's one point and maybe a hundred bucks. <laughs> like like you getting 14th at San Diego and you getting 15th because you moved over and some dude got you doesn't really matter in the long haul. Ooh. Yeah, it really doesn't. It, you know, the, the tricky thing is sometimes those guys are lapping up. To- Fifth, sixth, well, seventh, and yes. those are yeah. you know you're racing hard for those spots, but still you, you you get the blue flag like within a turn or so you can glance back and go okay he's right here you know yeah I'll move over here you know start yeah. planning it out you can tell those guys are obviously just oblivious they're going ah I don't care he'll have to get around me mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I'm doing my thing it's just rude uh, it's just rude <laughs> it's just poor racing etiquette um yeah and it's it seems like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I see. I see all sides of it. Um, I was once working for a guy that got lapped, you know, a lot, and then I was one of the guys that working for a guy that would lap. And and you understand, there's a race going on, and they're racing hard. And like, you know, Kyle Lewis used to tell me that that was a perfect time to get past dudes when they're getting lapped, as he was getting lapped. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but you you, you jump in behind them. That's a, that's a yeah. perfectly acceptable tactic. Yeah. Don't don't mess them up. Right. Don't mess the people up in the race. Jump in right. behind them, and then lappers will think you're with the lead group, and you go right through with them. Yeah. Well, again, we might have seen um, 
our first real bar to bar battle um, of the season between the top up uh, front there with those two guys. And Reed made a few comments on the podium that I didn't think were, uh, you know, I mean, he was saying that Ryan was riding a little rough or whatever. I disagree with that. But, but anyways, it may be starting to get a little bit heated. Yeah, you know, the year always starts out real nice right? all the time. Um, I, I think 2009 between Stewart and Reed might have been the most, you know, bloodbath, you know, hatred for each other duel we've ever seen, like two guys mm-hmm. really, really not liking each other. Right. But I don't think many remember that at the beginning of the year, even that season, even with all the history they already had, those guys went out of their way to not say anything bad about each other at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then the second half of the year, it all started to break loose. So that gives you an idea of just how the the series and the races and the championships really build the rivalry. It's not just the two guys were, like, born hating each other. You know, it's what happens right. on the track that creates it. Um, I do agree with you, you know, for Reed to say that, um, you know, the racing was maybe more aggressive than he expected when he didn't even get hit. You know, mm-hmm. Villapoto didn't even contact him. Yeah. Um, seems a little weird, but after going back and watching it a bit, um, I guess – what he's kind of thinking is, if you look at how Villapoto got him back, mm-hmm. I mean, that was great. Like, Villapoto overjumped the triple by, like, 10 yeah, feet. it was a great move. And just came into a corner wide open. Yeah. And I guess I guess from Reed's perspective, you're just seeing a guy overjumping a jump and coming into a turn on the inside wide open and maybe at that moment thinking, man, is he just going right. to torpedo me here? And he didn't, but I guess that's the thought. Like, okay, you've got to hang it out to that level, like almost suicide level. Yeah if that's what it takes to win. So I think maybe I think he makes maybe means a little bit more of that, like the level of aggression as opposed to just being straight dirty. Yeah. I can't imagine how you could call that dirty. Right. And then uh, for, 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 for a perfect exhibit of being nice uh, and then turning, you can see the uh, Mike Brown, Ryan Hughes, of the 2007 125 Nationals. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were best buds <laughs> at uh, one I, weekend, and then one guy was purposely trying to hurt right. the guy the next. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say this about Reed. We, we all like Reed. He's a cool guy and all. However, the guy dishes it out quite a bit. Um, and when it gets dished the other way, sometimes he right. hides behind that, I feel. I mean, let's be honest. There was not a single pass last year that was more aggressive than what he did to Stewart in Atlanta. Whether you think it's, <laughs> hey, it's the last lap, that's what you right, got to right, do, right, or right. it was straight. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you think of it, it was bad. Yeah, I, I don't think this pass was um... – I think Reed is probably more mad that he let it happen. You know, he he mm-hmm. definitely left the door open. Yeah. And uh, Ryan took advantage of it. it. It was aggressive. If you if you wanted to see Reed win, you were mad. But like, you mm-hmm. couldn't go. Ah, that Philipone is a dirty, whatever. Yeah. I mean, he 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 ran it in there. He didn't he didn't smash into him. You know, he took his line away. So great great race, right? It was exciting. I mean, I yeah, was, it was. I, oh yeah. I, I actually clapped. Yeah, was... I actually clapped in the press box, which is a no no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we started going nuts. Um, Cause it was dude, when Reed got next to him on the start straight, and we're like, okay, now it's really on. We just kind of started yelling, and then, yeah, at the end, we clapped. Yeah, um, yeah that was Just because it's exciting. You can't, you can't help it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really cheer for one guy out there now that, you know, the big one five is ridden off. But, um, you know, I cheer for a good race, and that's what we saw. And it was, it was, it was great to see. Ping, what did you – let's talk about the whoops. Everyone's talking about the whoops. Uh, you said – on the Pulp Mech show, that you would love, you love to see big whoops and right out of a turn because they're a yep. little, you feel they're a little safer, and you want to yep. make, you want to see Anaheim two whoops but bigger. I think you got exactly what you wanted to see. That's exactly what they built them. Yeah. Right. Yep. I mean, 
and it was and good. That, that separated riders. That was a that was the most technical section I've seen on the Supercross track in a long time. And everybody, it was the talk of the pits. It was a, it was obvious on the track who could do them, who couldn't. Although our beloved Jason Thomas never once skimmed him. He said, he said, <laughs> hey, you know what? In the main event. Josh Hansen jumped through him every lap. Yep. And ended up fifth place. Yep. And also, JT said he never once skimmed him. He went 0 for 56. He did 56 laps on the day. <laughs> and he jumped through them every time, he said. So, kids out there, maybe you don't need to be, maybe you don't need to blitz whoops. Um, but for reals, it was, uh, it was the talk of everything. And you could see Tomac crashed in him. Partridge was good in him. Reed was good in him. James crashed in him. I mean, they were like, they were. A game changer. Unlike Kenny, yeah, but, Kenny, but, Kenny Watson's. And while there was some big crashes, the guys that were hanging it out, uh, no injuries. You know, even yeah. Tomac and Stewart, who got off pretty good, mm-hmm. didn't get hurt. You yeah. know, because your speed is low enough that your chance of getting hurt is less. Yeah. Um, no, and uh, you know what? And uh, props to you. I think you said that those are exciting, and they were. Um, you know, so do we? That's need- just a coincidence. You think Dirt Works is listening, like right now? No. What are we gonna build? What are we gonna build at Dallas? Let's listen. <laughs> no, I definitely. Let's I de- address something crazy. Although there was a poll, there was also a poll put up. There was a poll put up. So, <laughs> there was a poll, um, uh, which made you probably pretty happy. What did you see Ping redoing differently in the whoops than 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 uh, than RV? I, I I think he was going in a little fresher spot, kind of in the middle, off to the right, like where. Guys were going far right, far left. Um, I don't think there was a good line through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there was a there was a really fine line where because they had such deep cups to them, and it's like the bottom was gooey and cupped out, and then the top was like this hard curved edge. And it's like the guys that didn't come in quite fast enough, you know, their wheel kept getting down into that soft pocket and hitting that curve, and it would you know mm-hmm. drop their front end. Guys like Stewie, who were going in ludicrous speed, would stay on top, but as soon as a wheel went down in, it was just over. Or if it went sideways, you know. Right. And um, I felt like Reed was just able to – he wasn't coming in like Stewart. He wasn't like re- just retarded speed in. But it was faster than most. It was fast enough to stay on top. And he was the, he was the most consistent guy through him. I, mean, I never saw him get really right. jiggy. Right. Who was, and even a guy like Wyndham, who's super consistent, we saw him feed off the pegs a couple times, you know? Mm-hmm. Who was the so. fastest you've seen him doing? Honestly, all day long, I think Kyle Partridge was. Uh, really? I, I saw him uh, in practice or in the heat race. I mean, he. Moser's saying no. He's sitting here listening in. Who, who do you got? Uh, I, Stewart. I, I was like, Stewart? I laughed when I saw Stewart go through him a couple times. I'm like, there's no way he, he can do that 20 laps. Like, that's radical. Okay, you know what? So fast. Maybe that. Maybe I'm drunk or high. What about Dean Wilson? Killing it also for a 250F. Yeah, uh, Wilson did kill it through there. I think you're looking at with at least Partridge and Wilson, there was a nice height differential that yeah. probably never comes into play that often, but I think maybe these whoops are so brutal that right. so, Partridge might just ask, can you just put those whoops around every single part of the track for the rest of the year? Um, so, Ping you, Ping, you saw nothing wrong with RV and, and Reed's passes and back-and-forth duel. Nothing great. Racing? No, I mean, yeah. I think that was the last lap. I think you see exactly what you'd expect to see from two guys who are mm-hmm. in a points battle and want to win races. Um, one guy, like you said, what what Reed did to Stewart in Atlanta, 
That's <laughs> way gnarlier than what that we might saw be the, uh, the Saturday night. That might be the litmus test going forward. Was it a read? Was it Reed Stewart Atlanta? Was, yeah. Was it, to me, that was like, <laughs> yeah, probably shouldn't have done that, dude. I mean, you know, I, I even said to Reed after the race, I'm like, did you in that last turn? You no, know, because he came in late and right. tried to right. do what Villapoto did, but he, he realized, you know, okay, yeah. I would just kill him and ruin my bike. Um. I said, did you just want to like? Oh, you just want to get him so bad. You see him right there. Did you just want to like shoot your bike at him? Was this when he just you chuckled? But was this when you were once again pumping your brat bars at the end of the night to him? Yeah, well, I was introducing him to the brat bar folks. <laughs> Never seen anybody so passionate about an energy bar, David Pingree. Never. I, I admire it. I admire it. Um, hey, you guys, you guys sampled them in the press box. I don't have. To oh, they were good. Like, oh, they're good. They're good. Brotbars.com, ping? Yeah. <laughs> How many A's? Three. Okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> hey, one guy who wasn't good in the whoops, but used his smarts and savvy to land on the box is Ryan Dungey. And, you know, maybe, why can't, you know, we, hey, one Phoenix, he's got the bike figured out. Let's do features on him. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Um, maybe they do have some work to do KTM guys cuz cuz Marvin Musquin yeah. wasn't exactly a ball of lightning through there either well we touched on this um last week and and Ping trying to explain it too it's they maybe had things go their way and that made us just stamp it okay the bike's good they're set this won't be a problem this first year developing this thing they're ready but it seems like the issue may be if they happen to have the right setup you know as they say when they roll it out of the truck mm-hmm. they're good but when something weird happens, you know, it could even be soil a little different than maybe people expect or weather or, in this case, a ridiculous set of whoops. Maybe they don't quite have the, the massive amount of notebooks to go through and say, okay, well, remember three years ago this is, the bike would do this and then we would do that to it. Um, it does seem like they're not able to recover um, when things go wrong. I mean, obviously, from the very first um, practice, you could tell that they were going to have a problem with the whoops and they never really got better yeah. uh, through there. So it's really one of those things where, um, yeah, it was a podium, but I can't imagine that Dunjo, the KTM guys, were leaving there like, yes, right, yes, right, that was good, right. Um, I'm, you know, um, the other, the, the one thing I will say though, there were a few moments where Dunge was was getting aggressive, well, yeah, unlike yeah. you really ever see with him. Right, and and that's the, on my notes here that Weimer pass, uh, gnarly for him, kind of gnarly. I yeah. mean, there was yeah, nothing wrong with it. Pass. There was nothing wrong with it, and. When uh, Villa, uh, when uh, Stewart went past Dungey in the whoops, um, that the, all the way around the rest of the track, Dungey actually looked a little bit quicker, and he was running Stewart inside and out in the two or three corners. It looked like he was ready to tee him up too. Which just the fact that there's even a threat from Dungey was impressive. And then once they got to the whoops again, Stewart was able to pull away, and that was the end of that. But I was seeing a little extra. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's anything to that or not. Right. You know, it right. wasn't just one particular rider. You know, it was whoever he was around, he was seemed to be. Uh, being a little more aggressive. I don't know why. Um, what do you think, Ping? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, just just what like kind of what I talked about last week. I think they got he probably came in from the first practice. Went, yeah, I'm I'm struggling in those whoops, and they they were like, okay, well, what's it doing, you know? And then mm-hmm. they they picked a direction and went that direction, and you know, because they don't have any baseline to go from. Like, yeah. well, we we've done this in the past, we've done this, so. That's going to be their learning curve that 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 will definitely be their uh, yep. Achilles heel all, all year, you know. And uh, I think he's doing great 
despite that. I think he's riding well. Um, I think he's riding aggressive. I, I think he wants to, to get back on top. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It'll be interesting when, you know, it'll just be interesting to see how it goes the rest of the year. Maybe, maybe they, maybe the bike works well at the rest of the tracks or, you know, my guess is there'd be two or three or four where they have, they struggle with setup. Right. You know, and then there's two or three or four where it's really good. Just the way the track is, is, is kind of like similar to what they've tested on and bike feels great. Mm-hmm. Why again? So. Um, launch a JGR yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did go over okay. there yesterday. Um, um, yeah, you, you um, let's talk about, <laughs> let's, let's move on to Stewart a little bit. You, you have a little bit of insight on that. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think any time that it doesn't go well for Stewart, everyone expects that the sky is falling. Um, I, even Anaheim won. He got, what, uh, eighth at Anaheim or sixth at Anaheim won. He had a crash. It wasn't good. And I think everyone expected, oh, man, they're going to be so mad, you know, because you know where Stewart's standards are and it's not getting sixth place. And there's obviously seems like drama always seems to head his direction, you know what I mean, especially if you're not winning races. Um, and after Anaheim won and – even Phoenix, it was, hey, everything's fine. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And then after this one, I think it was back on again. Like, oh, here we go. There's going to be big drama. But from what I hear, James himself, uh, again, wasn't super upset. Um, I mean, it was a crash. It probably was made worse than it could have been. You know, he got stuck under his bike. You know, he could have crashed and still got fourth or even third or something. What was you know? that? What, what was the deal with that? What was it? He was stuck under bars punched through his pants. Yeah, it was part of his bike. Not there was a cable laying there that you saw on TV, but it was he wasn't stuck under that. But they actually asked James, and he said, "I don't know. Like you, you know how it is. Like you're stuck, your legs stuck under something. It's kind of hard to figure out what it is." So yeah. he didn't even know what he was stuck on. He just got out of there. Yeah, Aaron had so his I guess pants. It was his bars. Do you know that thing? No, yeah, <clears throat> that's what I heard. I I, I was oh, just okay. I didn't see the crash. I just you know everybody went bananas, and I'm looking around going, "What? What? What?" And I see him, and I'm like, "There's all these." failed track workers coming over and they're looking at they're just like kind of bent over staring at him i'm like yeah what are you doing like pick his bike up you know i mean pick it up off of him for the love of god like you you don't have to start it for him and set him on it and push him off like just pick it off of him i couldn't figure out what the holdup was i mean you guys have a better view of that like what the heck was going on because he was he was yelling you know letting them know that he was okay and that he was stuck under his bike you know it wasn't like he was screaming in pain or, you know, like, knocked out, like, don't touch the guy. Like, he was yeah, but trying is it, to is yell it, at them. It's not illegal. Like, it's not considered outside help to pick a bike off of a guy, right? I mean. No. I think right? So what, what were they doing? They waited for someone to well, finally wheel the knife and cut him free. I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was I, I couldn't see. I was on the opposite side of the stadium, but it was just weird to me. What was the guy doing having a knife anyway? So I was well, wondering that. That's a whole other podcast, probably. Um, um. But, uh, right. yeah, it was weird. Uh, Aaron had some, some of his pants on TV, you know. She's holding up a square yeah, of his pants. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. It really cut him free. So, um, anyways, um, you were saying so – I, I, yeah. Here's what I think happened. I, I think um, I think the, the bigger issue isn't the crash or even getting 15th. It's that I think what led to it was, once again, he was in third, and he wasn't only not even making up time on Reed and Villapoto. I think he was losing some. Mm-hmm. You know, and we know where his strong point was. Like Ping said, um, if there's a spot in that track where he could make up some ground and get in that race, you know where it was going to happen. It was going to happen in those whoops. Mm-hmm. But the double-edged sword to try to make up time through that section. So I think the issue, again, isn't that crash. It's 
here's another race where we're not seeing what James Stewart could always do, which is, oh, I'm only a few seconds behind. Well, I can make that up. Or I'm, a, I'm right ahead of these guys. Well, I can pull away. Like, mm-hmm. we're not seeing him able to do that for who knows a reason. Him or the other guys stepping up, I don't know why. We're going to theorize this for a long time, though, because I don't I, – I think after six rounds, it's pretty safe to say we're not going to see James Stewart just one weekend show up a second lap faster than everyone else, and that's the way it's going to be for the rest of the year. I just I well, don't think that's possible at this we're, point. We're six in, and we haven't seen it yet. That's what I mean. Like, how far can you go before we have to – maybe this is the new reality. It's not like he still can't win races. He already did. Um, you know, and he even has ground out a couple podiums here. It's not like he's completely in the back. Right. But I just don't think you're going to see that. It's six races. That's a long time to not have it happen yet. Yeah. You know, even the Oakland win wasn't um, like we've seen him win races before. No, it was, a, it was a, for lack of a better term, a slow and steady climb through the pack to, to the first. You know, it wasn't no blazing speed. So, um, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but he's a lot of points down again. I didn't see the points where he was, but it's going to be another 32? long climb. Yeah, 32, I mean, it's a long way. Well, here's the, the the hardest part is, you know, when he signed with the team, he's like, I know people are wondering, you know, I got on the Yamaha, but remember, he was actually fairly close in the series last year, right down to the end. He was only nine points down with two races to go, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think the theory was it wasn't a complete disaster, like a few changes here and there, and he was in the hunt right, last year. Right. But amazingly enough, he's further back yeah. than he was last year. He's got more ground to make up. I think at this point last year he was either in the points lead or, or right there, you know. So, so far, um, How's that's so good. And I know you could say, hey, that's unlucky that you just happen to fall and get stuck under your bike. But the amount of crashes he's had this year and the fact that he's not really hurt, I'd say you got to say you're more lucky on the crashes than unlucky. Well, yeah, he's uh, crashed five times, I think. Five main events. Yeah, I'd right? say if you crash five times – and everything's pretty much 100%, you got to say, I've been pretty lucky not. I can't yeah. believe I was unlucky enough to get stuck under my bike. How's the mood there? Like, are the lunches, uh, are they, are they um, you know, a sour moment? Are they, is everyone? It was actually pretty cool, and I don't know how much um, I can reveal here, but I'll just go for it, hey. Um, the good thing about the setup they have is that they have J-Bone at the helm, and he's been through the wars here with James, the ups and the downs, and it's always been that way. Um, so I think he knew that, you know, this is what, this is what you get when you have James Stewart, the guy moves the needle in all directions mm-hmm. and you got to find a way to keep everybody level headed. Um, so he did a pretty cool thing. He actually came in and they had a big picture of the team photo from Oakland and said, this was just two weeks ago, guys. See how happy everyone is in this photo. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. We're good. You know, just two weeks ago we were winning races and look how happy everybody is. This is not a disaster. Right. Um, and I thought that was a pretty cool, um, Pretty cool, you know, coaching move, so to speak. Right. Because that is, it's it's not just the team. It's the way everybody feels about James Stewart. When something bad happens, everyone around, you know, including even us in the media, are like, oh, oh, this is going to be bad. Right. Um, I was texting. For whatever reason, the drama always seems to follow. I was texting with James yesterday um, about a couple things. He, uh, yeah, and he's okay, right? Well, he's pretty depressed, oh. actually. Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was actually pretty, pretty depressed. I was felt like I was more his psychological mentor than wow. a media member. Uh, but he's working at it, and he's working. So, um, Well, I guess that's what it is. It's not like, you know, he's going to quit or this is over right, or it's right. done. Um, you know what I mean? I don't think that anyone has said this is not working. 
did. Out of the way, and I think people are ready to say that very quickly. Let's talk about. Uh, let's move on and talk about uh, Justin Brighton's crash. Did either of you guys see it on video or in, in person? No. Oh, it was ugly. I saw it both. <coughs> um, what happened? What well, did you? They were doing that section, right? Did you see the section they were doing? No, I didn't even see where it was. Oh, it was after the after the start straight. You made a left, and uh, you were going three, three, um, over, and then three again onto a table and off. So they were basically instead of going, they were used to going two on off, and then yeah. over. They were going three, 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 one, uh, racing off the end, and he went too far on the tabletop, and everybody else was coming up short. He took a brand new line, and he went too far. Dropped the front end over the table that he's supposed to land oh. on and just cartwheeled. And he raced the night though, and he th- we had him on the show last night. Said he uh, really thought his leg was broken. Thought that was it, no doubt. But but why again? You can speak to to Justin Brayton's toughness. Well, I mean, oh the toughness. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the leg is broken. I think it's actually he just broken. Ignores yeah. it, right? Yeah, I think it actually is broken. He yeah. just you know gritted his teeth and it didn't matter. You know how you take your boot off and it always gets worse? I heard he just left his boot on all the time. It's never coming off. He has his, he has his, his gear on. At home. Yeah. With his boot on. With his boot on. He's got his gear, pants on. His right foot has a Well, they've got knives that can cut pants away easily. So right. that, that part wasn't a problem. Keep the boot on. He really thinks he's going to have to wear a different size knee brace. Wow. Because it's so swollen. His wow. Lo- his leg. But uh, gr- great performance for him. Um, sixth place with with that kind of pain and that kind of that kind of crash, they changed the top clamps, the bars, the subframe, throttle housing, um, quite a bit of stuff on that bike, and as well, um, Ping. You'll be surprised to know that uh, Racer X has come up with a new award given out to the uh, biggest achiever of the night, um, be, in, in Supercross, and Justin Brayton has won it the last two weeks, and Jason Wygant's in charge of that column. So. Oh well, I didn't even know. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I probably check those stories more often. Hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Imagine that. Wow. But that's but, crazy. Yeah. What a coincidence. Next, you're gonna tell wow. me. Next, you're gonna tell me that uh, Stewie crashed. Um, no, you know what? He deserves it. It, it was. It, I'm just. I'm just bugging. He he rode great, considering. Yeah. The idea of the award is to just. We're trying to find ways to put the spotlight on other guys besides the ones who just win, because obviously they get plenty of attention um but the problem is that uh, brayton had the award the previous week too because he had a pretty good weekend so uh yeah. oh well i can't let the previous week you know take an award that he deserves out from this week how about Hanson? josh anthony could have won it that was solid. Pretty, pretty good finish for him he has been the exact we said this every week he's the exact opposite of what everyone thought yeah he wrote well yeah um Okay. What else? Uh, David Millsap, seventh. That's, uh, I think, three three or four races in a row. He's got eighth or sixth or seventh. Eight or seventh, I think, three weeks in a row. Right? I think six, seven, seven, I think. Something like that. Is what it's been? He's riding, yeah, I think six, seven, seven. Yeah, he's riding pretty good for the guys. Are, are they pumped on him? Are they happy with him? Yeah, a little more. And, again, you, you don't – Millsap's compliments don't just roll off the tongue. <laughs> I don't know what – they just don't like, right. and I'm not even mean just them. It just seems like throughout the, throughout the pits, you just don't hear, you know, golf claps for for Millsaps. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what's behind that, but um, 
I think after the three, you know, much better finishes after the the first three, which were not even in the top ten. Um, I think they had no choice but to say, yeah, I think he really is improving. Right. I mean, listen, I'm one of those guys that's been his critic. Uh, is too much money, not enough passion over the years. And, I mean, I'm good friends with the Honda guys, and, you know, he wasn't real popular over there. Because That's of, what I'm saying. It's yeah. not just JGR. It's like right. everybody who's come in contact with him at some point is like, ah. But at some point, you got to say, hey, you know what? He's reinventing himself here. And, yeah, he is not going to win races where he was. But we talk about these guys struggling to grab the best of the rest tag. Well, he's right there. I mean, he's not in, you know, he's not as fast as Medi and Brayton and Short, probably. But anybody else? Why not? Why not Millsaps? That could be a campaign. Hey, Ping, let me, I'm going to ask you, uh, I'll put it this way. You, at the very top, you know, the guys like Stuart, Villapoto, Reed, whatever, they're still probably making pretty good money. It might not be as great as it was at one point, but they're going from making a ton of money to making almost a ton of money. When you get to the guys at Millsap's level or even probably Medi's level, or I don't know what you say Brayton's making. Chisholm, yeah, the, you've got guys now who, well, especially in Millsap's, situation because he was probably making a lot of money five years ago the other guys might not have been at that level back then but anyway point is you got a guy like Millsaps who probably made a ton now it's not making as much because that's a the economics and he's not winning races like he was um but you have to put in the same amount of effort you know it doesn't matter like if you want to get results you still have to work hard so what is that like you think mentally for a guy who probably made well i used to do this for a million dollars and now i'm doing it for one-tenth of that or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, good point. first of all, I can't conceive of even those numbers. Because, I, I mean, I don't have a million dollars close to that. But <clears throat> I will tell you that. Uh, Ping, your best year all in was just over 100, I think you said, right? About 100. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think uh, for him, you know, everybody's gotten a bit of a haircut. <clears throat> so I don't think he feels like he's being picked on. And I think. He probably has taken uh, more of a cut, but when you look at his his results, it's like, well, what do you expect? You know, you mm-hmm. you haven't been racing, you haven't been getting the results, you, you know, you're hurt a lot, blah blah blah. So I think for him, uh, he's probably, I would say, he's probably a little desperate. Like, at least he should be, he should feel that way. Like, man, I've got to get some results here, or you know, how many times am I going to get a second, third, fourth try? I don't know. That's what I would feel like if I was in his shoes. I'd feel kind of desperate. Like I've got to, I need to, you know, win a couple heat races, get on the, get on the podium here, sneak, you know, get in the top five, be the best of the rest, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, who knows what's yeah. going through his head? Cheeseburgers. Uh, I don't know. Cheeseburgers in paradise. Yeah. Jimmy Buffett song, right? Yeah. Pencil thin mustache too. Uh, I don't know. Hey. Um. You know um, who had a rough night was uh, Jake Weimer. And let's, you know, first. Hey, I'm, I'm not one to advocate for the universe, but I think the universe kicked his ass on Saturday night. Oh, stop it. Oh, I'm just telling you. Stop it. He dirtied sights. You think? Totally inappropriate. He he, he went I mean, all the way to the bills, left him nowhere to go. He, sl- he had the pass made, like, he's, you know. He could have rode the bottom of the berm and still made the pass. Well, he did admit to go, he went up high, and he, but he wasn't trying to do it on purpose. Um, Sipes got cleaned out that same corner by Hanny earlier. So, you know, maybe maybe Pooh really left the door open. Oh, well, left, he totally did. I mean, maybe Pooh left, left the seat over up. the finish line. 
You know what I mean? It was like he was getting passed. You could see that right. as they came over the finish line jump. Right. So either side is, I mean, you know, I'm not inside his helmet, but yeah. either he's completely oblivious to what's going on around him, or he just was like, okay, I'll just roll around the top of this. He's going to pass me. Which maybe that's even his fault too, but uh-huh. I don't know. Again, you come back to some racing etiquette. And you're passing a guy that you're going to pass. You know, mm-hmm. Jake's probably faster than that size. Okay, you don't need to take him all the way to the tough blocks, and you know, just to be certain that he falls. Wow! I was wow! Just, I, I was I was I was right there. I had like front row seat to it. Okay. I was just like that was just inappropriate, man. I don't know. Why well, guess. I didn't. Uh, I didn't think of it that way. I just Me figured. Either. I mean, I don't know why he would purposely want to take Sipes out, but yeah. Then I watched it. He left him zero room when I actually. Zero. Yeah, where was Justin like supposed zero. to go? Yeah, there was nothing he could do. So I'm not really sure. I mean, did he just forget the guy was there? Like, I just don't know why he would have wanted to purposely take him out. No. But yeah. Um, taking all that out, if you just watch the tape and just see it for what it is, he left him no choice but pretty much to crash. Mm-hmm. Well, he apologized. So I'm not sure why he would do that. I don't think he wanted to. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he missed his line or something. I'm right. confused. Well, he, what is going on? Maybe he came in too hot and couldn't slow down. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> there's, there, you know, you can watch plenty of times, especially the guys at the front, when they make a pass. You can take a line away, but leave a, leave enough room for the guy to stand up and continue, you know, and not fall. That's mm-hmm. classy. When you. Go all the way, and you know your back tire blows a tough block over the top of the berm, and the guy's front wheel just disappears. It's like, yeah. wow, all right. Yeah. Um, rough night, and then of course the Dungey takeout, and then he crashed by himself later on, and he DNF'd. Brock Tickle, another tough night. Partridge DNF'd. Um, Wyndham crashed with like two laps to go while in fourth. Um, Wyndham had an easy fourth. Um, Did you guys see Wyndham's crash? Because I, I missed that yeah, one. Yeah, no, I was in the whoops. I saw it. Just got Yeah, they had a pretty good angle on our TVs. Feet, feet came off, and yeah. you're in trouble in that section. Yeah, which was, like like Ping said, though, earlier he, he had a good save. His feet came off earlier, too. And he uh, he had a nice save in the whoops. So, um, again, the whoops, just covering, just, uh, you know, making a difference. It's the difference maker. Kevin, Kevin's a big guy, one of those guys who's pretty good in the whoops, pretty precise. So if they're biting him, I mean, you know those are technical, tricky whoops. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt with um, Weimer and Wyndham and Stewart's misfortune. Um, you know, Nick Way got 10th. Jason Thomas got 11th. Cody Mackey, 12th. Weston Pike, 13th. Solid finishes for those guys. They got to be pumped. Um, I think the way those whoops worked, it was in the favor of, like, for example, in JT's situation, you, uh, unless you're reading Villapoto, I think, if you tried to blitz the whoops every lap, you were going to go down. So you were either going to eventually jump them or crash. So the guys who were just jumping them the whole time, it's like the whole race came to them. Like they didn't crash because right. they weren't trying. Yeah. And anyone who did try was eventually ended up on their head, which it's, is exactly what happened. It's crazy that that section that Brayton was jumping, there was maybe five guys doing that and never did it in the race. Nobody did it in the race for probably maybe track change as well. You had to leave the door open pretty good to, to jump it um, in that corner. So people were scared of getting scooped. As well, the whoops, like we said, Hanny got a fifth jumping through them. Um, and they bit, they bit anybody that blitzed them. So funny ping how it seems like, you know, at the end of the main event, 
just taking it easy and doing solid, steady laps is, is going to get you, you know, a good result. Like, no need to go crazy balls out there. Yeah, that isn't always the case, but definitely was on sat on this Saturday. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> there were so many crashes. Yeah, I think fifth through, you know, twelfth or thirteenth or whatever. Those guys were just sort of slow and steady. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOSports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BTOSports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. Let's go to the 250 class. And uh, whew, I was trying to think last night, have either one of you guys seen such a swing, such a dramatic swing in points um, at all? Uh, Tomac twenty one twenty two up. Now under of, that, um, under those circumstances, I'd say no. Like you've seen bike problems and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but to just have it literally come down to one mistake, and it's not even like Tomac's hurt. Like it was just mm-hmm. one mistake, but not like he tried to do something nuts and broke his leg. And hey, man, that's racing. You get hurt sometimes. Like right. it was one mistake in the whoops. He didn't get hurt. It just that's it. The whole season could come down to that one mistake. It's pretty rare, I'd say. Yeah. You know, it did happen to a certain young rider in 2000 when his front brake carrier got bent. What were you up? While leading 12 points. Mm, went down, left okay. with 10, 10 down. Yeah. 22-point swing. Yeah, okay. Not the same. Yeah, no. Who was that, man? What uh, What caused that? What, what, uh, was that Tony Amaridio didn't jump a step up that I could have done on a mountain bike. I smashed into the back of him. <laughs> Coming out of turn one. Just, uh, no. Seems like you've I let it go. Works. Seems like you've let it go pretty good. I totally let it go. It doesn't bother me at all anymore. <laughs> turn one, 20 on radio, step up, mountain bike, <laughs> totally let it go. This, this is why Ping is talking about only 100,000 all in in his best year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Because of Tony Amaradio. Could have been probably 150, 200. Yep. Would have changed a lot of things. About this thing. I'd be I living on an island somewhere. worse. Man, I think that's that? because I um Who's yeah, in? you probably never thought about the fact that it wasn't your fault. Has that ever crossed your mind? Who's in the kitchen? That's my wife. I'm gonna go in another room, sorry. She's making dinner. What do you want me to do? Dinner at nine forty nine? Yeah, she's putting it in the crock pot. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. 
she making stew? Is there anything else besides stew ever made in a crock pot? Barbecue chicken sandwiches. Whoa. Very <laughs> jealous. You're not coming over for dinner. I like how I'm we going just, back out. I'm I going like, back to California. I like how you just busted that out. Barbecue chicken sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> but the crock pot is always like you can make all the meals you normally make, but over the course of a whole day, like stew yeah. and um, stew. Crock and like, insane. For the crock pot, you never have stew. Yep. I don't even know what a crock pot is. Anyway. Um, okay. Tomac. I was going to say, at least Tomac can say, hey, he crashed all by himself. You know, the goal is to not crash, and he crashed. But your case, that wasn't really even your fault. So I think this is even worse. Well, it's, it is what it is. You know, I never found out. What, what, what was the reason? I heard he had mud packed in his exhaust, and the bike wouldn't start initially. But then they figured that out. Why didn't he still go back out? He could have. I feel like he still could have salvaged a point or two. Well, but he never went back out. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I heard the same thing, but I don't know why. I mean, because Giancarlos Ramos, our beloved Giancarlos Ramos, he he did, and Scott Champion didn't even finish. They 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 weren't even circulating. So that's two There's points. Two there. points right yeah, there. Yeah. Right. right. Um, actually, three points because eighteenth is three points. Um, there you go. Um, well, yeah, two. That light trace had two extra points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That light trace had two or three. Pileups that you don't normally see, like at the, at this level, right, right? Like three or four riders down together in a random corner that you don't normally get. The, Pretty wild. And I don't want to make. Yeah, what, did you guys see when uh, was it in the heat of the main? Uh, right after the one triple that was coming to the north end of the stadium, there was a couple guys down, and there was a flagger, and I didn't know whether to flag them inside or out. And Wilson came into that turn and literally almost came to a stop, and he's revving his bike at the flagger, like, "Get out of my way! I can't! I can't go anywhere." <laughs> Did you guys catch that? Yeah, that, that was in the main. That was. Uh, yeah. It was the main. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. I was laughing. I'm like, he, he almost had to stop. And then the next dude that came over, blitzed over top of one of the bikes that was laying down. Just went right over it. <laughs> Brop. You know, um, uh, that was. It looked like a traffic jam there. And our blo- and our Jean Carlos Ramos was in there. Oh gee. Yeah, he was. He was in that mess. Nine nine two. Lucky he didn't pull a grenade and just end it for everybody. Yeah. Well, he would have you know jumped. He had one. He would have jumped. He would have jumped on it. Hmm. Um, Between the whoops and those pileups, it was like uh, it was like one of those beach races in Europe where you're just like a hundred <laughs> bikes stuck and no one knows who's where and how many laps down you are. Like, yeah, I, I, strange. I, I, and by I, the way, also weird. Did you know Stewart unlapped himself from a few guys? Like he obviously didn't go back around Reed and Villapota, the leaders, but he, I think he passed Hanson and Brayton, and uh, I don't think he got Metcalf. He passed Windham and he's on the ground. It was weird. Like he got back in the race and actually. Pass guys back after he crashed. It doesn't show up in the results because he was lapped down from them. But that's probably something that doesn't happen very often either. Yeah, and I don't want to make fun of Eli Tomac's self destruction, but one of the highlights of my night was watching Haley, the Racer X intern, who lives with Eli Tomac's sister and built his website, and is a big Eli Tomac fan. Watching her, she was twittering from the race, and they were about ten minutes behind. So we had already seen Eli Tomac go down and pull out. Yeah, she's watching the TV show. Right. So we know what's coming, but she doesn't. Yeah, and she's like, Tomac's yeah. looking good. Tomac's charging. Meanwhile, we're, like, watching yep. him sitting on the side of the track. Yeah. And then yeah. just a single tweet, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, good times. Very, very yeah. upsetting. Yeah, it's like that Simpsons episode. Let's play this in slow motion. You can see the moment where her heart actually breaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw, it. we saw it right on Twitter. And besides the, besides the upcoming Steve Cox meltdown on Twitter, 
that might which is going to happen at some point we all agree on that um yeah this was uh that was one of my favorite moments hey um ping did you not say that that's billy lenovich's dad with the hair it is yeah no, I, I finally saw yeah whoa it, it looks like uh it, he looks like dog the bounty hunter i don't know what is going on with that hair yeah I hadn't seen Billy's dad in a long, long time, but he didn't have that I, I hair. Do, I recall his dad having sort of a, you know, a mild mullet, like right. just above the shoulders, you know. A classy mullet. A classy, a, a, a typical construction worker mullet, you know, like. Yeah. Well, he's. Throw he's, the hat on, got the hair out the back, looking good. Right. This dude has got it bleach blonde. What is it, halfway down his back? Probably. I mean, it is ridiculous. Yeah, no. He looks like Jesus. I, I, on I a, thought it was one of those hats that had the hair sewn into it, and you pull it off, and it's like a gag hat. Like a Joe Dirt, <laughs> Joe Dirt hat. Like a Joe Dirt. It, this is legit, though. I was tripping out. He looks yeah. like Jesus who went to a rock concert and, you know, got drunk and dyed his hair or something. Um, Cole Seeley, second place. Uh, Ping, yeah, not surprised. And he's kind of right back in this thing now. Yeah, what are they, 12, 12 or 13 back or something? Mm-hmm, something like that, 12, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, anything's possible. Three rounds left, who knows what could happen. I, I think it, I if, still think Wilson or, or Tomac are still, you know, I don't think those guys are going to the, the finish series, far enough back where Cole would go, win, win out right. all three, and those guys are going to be off the box. Well, again, the series with the eight weeks off, I think it's eight, it resets itself. Like, going into Seattle or Salt Lake, whichever one's first, there's no momentum by Wilson here. We're now, bam, back to where we started, right? Like, nobody nobody has the yeah, one there's no. Yeah. I, I don't think the momentum is true, but three points with eight weeks, um, at least on Tomac's side, if not Wilson's also. You know, now you can afford nothing to go wrong. Like, you, what if you get hurt? You know what I mean? Like, before you could even think, oh, you could limp in. Right. You know, if you have a 20-some point lead. And make it happen, mm-hmm. um, and that type of thing has happened before with this, this West series. But now it's three points, so you have no room for error, and you got to think about that for eight weeks. Like, don't screw anything up. I can't afford to have anything go wrong. There's no margin for error for both guys. Mm-hmm. But I've got to think if you're Wilson, you might be thinking you're playing with house money here a little bit because you probably are shocked you're even in this position now. So I, I mean, I, the good thing is you got to figure Tomac. You know, I, I've always said that he seems beyond his years with how. Well, he seems to be able to handle going for championships and such, so I don't think it's going to affect him that bad, but it's still yeah. got to be something to think about. I mean, all he's got to do is like, hey, I win, and I'm in the points lead. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's bottom line. It is strange how quickly he changes. He wins Seattle, he's only, the points. Right. You know, not only did he won three in a row coming in and had a huge points lead, but practice turned into like a Eli Tomac, Blake Griffin dunk contest. Like, it was just – jumping stuff that nobody else was doing. It was unbelievable to watch. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was like, just take the number one plate out and just give it to the guy. <laughs> not only is he winning the race, not yeah. only does he have a huge points lead. He was jumping that tabletop like put, section. Yeah, yeah, he was the first to jump that. And right. then all the 450 guys did it after him. And then he experimented with a few other things. He tripled after the whoops. And he actually tried the last triple, the triple where Villapoto passed Reed. Before that, he tried to quad single before that triple, like, right. didn't quite make it. But it would just give you an idea, like, where he was. He's just as feeling far as it, yeah. The level he was on, how much he was feeling it, and then just one mistake. Although, in the main, all those rhythms went away. And I don't think, I mean, I don't think Tomac was going to win the race without the crash anyway. I mean, Wilson was on it. Yeah, I agree. 
I, I, yeah, I, Wilson was uh, just the whoops, and I think just the confidence of like, hey, I got these things nailed, and I'm the man. Except yeah. in, in that Scottish voice in his head. Ping, yeah. ping. Yeah. Can you give us an example? Uh, no, I, I don't have the Scottish. Yes, down. you do. All I can say is butterscotch. No, you have the Scottish voice down. <laughs> no, his though, his is whiny and high, and well, you still have a the, little bit Canadian. You still have the Scottish voice down. I've heard you do it. Do do something. Do something. I could have given it for my team. I had such a good bunch of guys behind me. There we go. So that's, happy. That's that's perfect. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, uh, we let's let's talk about Matt Moss. I I I I've been harsh on old Matt. Made some good jokes at his expense. Um, can't believe he was a factory Suzuki rider still to this day. Might be the most unlikely factory Suzuki rider ever. But, hey, third place, first podium for him and his team. And last week he came from dead last to six or something. Why can't, right? And um, rode great. Rode good. Good job for Matt Moss and those guys, JDR, KTM. Yeah, and he was showing signs all day. Uh, in his heat race, he was giving um, Muskin or Moosegon or Moosecan or whatever you want to call him <laughs> uh, quite a battle, you know. And, and uh, Muskin's proven to be pretty fast this year and – you know, he's on the, the full factory equipment. I don't think those JDR bikes are bad by any means, but mm-hmm. you got to figure Marvin's bike at least is as good, if not better. So um, it wasn't just a fluke. You know, I know some guys crashed, and he got a really good start in the main, but, I mean, he was riding well, and even was last week, like you said, coming from so far back. So yeah. quite a comeback for uh, for him. And that team, results-wise, really hadn't had anything to speak of until lately. So you know, come a long way for a short time. I spoke yeah. to uh, Pit. Oh, sorry, Pink, but I spoke to Pit Byer for a little bit on uh, on Saturday, and he uh, he really made it sound like JDR. They want JDR to be their pro circuit. They, that's really what they're they're working at. They'd like that to happen. You know, I'd like to see what happens when the first superstar comes over, a la Ricky Carmichael or James Stewart, and doesn't want to ride for that team. Carmichael did. Stewart no, didn't. You know, he didn't want to ride for pro circuit. But, anyways, uh, they want that to be the pro circuit. So, well, I, I get a couple things to say here on that. First of all, okay, on that wow. team, can you say it in a Scottish accent? No, I'm, I'm not going to say it in a Scottish accent. Poop. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, no, I, you know it's it's so it's funny watching that team like finally get a result because uh, when I helped was helping Troy when I was managing his team, you know, they hadn't had a podium in Supercross. Their their first year in Supercross, they were struggling to make mains, really, you know. And so then the next year, Blow stepped up, and he was getting a lot of fourths and fifths. We never got on the box. And then the next year, we had Han and um, and Seeley, and they, they both got podiums that year. You know, we had a bunch of podiums. It was so cool to actually – take that next step, you know, and get on the podium. It's like all that hard work, you finally start to see some some payoff. And for that JDR team, you know, they're, they've been at it here a couple of years, and it's it's good to finally see them get it. And I talked to Nathan a little bit after the race, and they were pretty pumped. Uh, but I think more so than anything, I'm anxious to see what this does for Matt Moss because it, it's funny. He's one of these guys like, like uh, Asiati or one of these – Canadian dudes, Ooh. even Ooh. Mathis, to put it in terms that you you'd understand. Are we talking about Beaton and his eleventh? No, no, no. I'm okay. talking about like the guys who you go to Canada and you swear you're watching Ricky Carmichael, right? Yeah, right, right. Fasciati at Walden or wherever. Yeah. You, you're like, Walden. oh my gosh, yeah. like why is this guy not in the states? Like, right, cleaning house so fast there. Well, that's how Matt is in Australia. 
you put him in an environment he's comfortable, he's ridiculous. You he's so fast down there. <clears throat> and yet he came, you know, came here and had that factory Suzuki ride and it looked like me cruising around out there. So <laughs> anyway, I, I, he's made steady and slow improvement. And with this podium, I wonder if that's just like the little shot in the arm that he needed for his confidence and, and just to believe in himself that he actually belongs over here. Uh, you know, and I just wonder if that's going to help him ride like himself, you mm-hmm. know, from here on out. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, um, no. And do you think DeCoster was looking at him with like, kind of like, do you look familiar? Do I know you? Did you, did you ride for me? Did, did we, did we interact somewhere? Yeah. Um. Uh. uh not funny. Nobody. Not yeah. Funny? Not funny. I um, thought that was your best line of the night. I love you. that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, it's just old now. Okay. All right. Swanepoel got fourth. Good. Good job for him. Izzy got fifth. Uh, of course, when you're talking about Star Valley Yamaha. We all knew Swanepoel would get their best finish of the year. We all knew that, and here we go. Yeah, I mean, just like Rattray leading the points. Yeah. I mean, we knew these things. You knew the South Africans would rule Supercross. Yeah. I mean, isn't it obvious that the South African outdoor specialists would be, you know, title contenders in Supercross? A long line of riders like Alberton and Langston, <laughs> you know, who, who, who represented the, the South African flag and were so solid and steady Supercross racers. A long line. Hey, Langston has a title. He's got two. No jokes about Langston. He's got two. Well, he was a 28-year-old former world champion in riding the lights class on the best bike, so good job to that, Grant. Um, (laughs) Wow. Oh, listen, don't get me started. I mean, I I love Grant. Great guy. Want to do a podcast with him. Uh, And actually, we should do some one of these with him, Wygant, and kick Ping off. But um, you can't tell me that that title, like, like, that's like taking candy from a baby. Those titles were. So well, he took candy from Millsaps and uh, Hanson and Andrew Short, technically. Yeah, who were who were babies at that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So tied Hanson and he tied the championship. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I think what Hanson and what Hanson did was learn that lesson and then said, I, "There's only one way to avenge this. I will wait till I am 28 years old and then come back on the best bike in the class." <laughs> yes. But even he couldn't keep up with, like, he couldn't just, he couldn't handle it. Just couldn't do it. No, he had but, it. He had, he had it, it, but couldn't, couldn't do it, it in the end. Um, you don't know what he's been through, Mathis. I, I don't. <laughs> you're right. Now, listen, I've, I've long thought that the Nathan Ramseys, the Grant Langstons, the Hanson, Hansons, the Davalos, get out of there. And to Hanson's credit, I said this on the show last night, he could have gone back this year. Could have been right there for the title made a lot of money and been the hero, and he chose to go to the 450s, and, and good job for him for doing that. I long said, though, Dowdy, when Dowdy dropped down, when Yamaha put him in the class and he was 35 then, um, no, get out of there. Beat it. You don't belong in there. Ping. There's always going to be Pingree. This is a never-ending argument, this class thing. Pingree. Uh, you know what? You I, were a little I mean, different, I, though. You were a little agree. different. I agree that there should be some type of rules in place, right. but there has to be the infrastructure to support it. Here's why. You, back here's, back in my day, I've told you this a thousand times. There was nowhere to go. Here's why you were a little different, Ping. Honestly, I'm not just saying it because you're on the line. Ramsey went to the big bikes, won a Supercross, did very well on a 450. Langston was a world champion, um, did well on, didn't do well on big bikes, but was a world champion. Had done everything he could do on a on a little bike. Uh, Hanson was old, 
you know, uh, had a lot of races. You were different, I felt. A little different because you never made that step up and and run on your career and then went, oh, wait, oh, shit, oh, wait, I'm going back. I'm going back. I suck balls. Yeah. I'm going back. So you were a little different. Well, <clears throat> and that, that's not saying I wouldn't have if that was my best career choice. You know, you can't fault these guys for just making the best choice for their careers. Yeah. It's the rules that need changing. Not Don't yell at these guys. Yell at the AMA or whoever. Um, well, again, can we get a Jason Anderson uh, update, recap? Nah. Okay. I mean, really, let's <laughs> just, let's just move on and we'll see you in eight weeks. Listen, and, and uh, I'm, I'm, nah. I, I've been on the, I've been on the show. You guys know that I'm, I'm a, I'm a critic of Martin Davalos. Okay. Put that out there. <laughs> I, 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 but is this it now? I mean, is this, no one thinks he's going to do better outdoors, right? I mean, his, if you looked at him and you're like, Hey, super cost, we're, we're, We'll, we'll deal with the outdoors, but we'll take his Supercross results. Well, they're not there either. And they're not there by a far margin this year. And he's not going to do better out. I mean, is this it? Are the gravy days over for Martin Davalos? Weege? Oh, uh, boy. I'm going to take this one? Yeah, yeah sure. Go, um, Weege. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take it. Um yeah, there has to be a point, right? Okay, so what we've said on the show is that he's never really delivered the results that you would think. So every team in the pits thinks, if I could just get this guy, we can fix it. And it's something that happens in, like, every sport when there's a guy who's, like, right. appears to have the ability but doesn't deliver. You know, every coach thinks, okay, once I get my hands on I'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but how many times eventually you've gone through that? It kind of reminds me, we were saying this on the show a couple weeks ago um, with, with Stroop. And he was having trouble, and it's like, well, now he, you know, if it doesn't work out here, he'd have to be a reclamation project for another team, maybe. And it's like, well, no, he already is. No, like how many? No. He already is in that position where he is now. Um, so that's kind of the thing. Like, almost every team in the pits has already gambled on we can make Davalos right. deliver what he could deliver. So I think that's what it comes down to. Not the amount of years, but there's not many people left that haven't already tried it and said, no, I can't make it happen. Sorry. Right. Um. Okay, uh, Here's the one thing, though, that might be on his side. Okay. He still is a name, and I wonder, in this day and age when you're fighting so hard, you hear more than ever in these off-seasons where teams like fake that they already have a rider signed because then they'll get the sponsor to actually mm-hmm. get the money to actually right. hire him. <sighs> Sad but true, Davalos is still a name. I-, I could almost see it happening just for that. Ping, could you come back and run, make the main events, run top 15? Uh, uh, I don't know. Because you're a name. According to Weege's theory, we, we can get you. Sign me? Yeah. Sign me up. Brop bars everywhere. Brop every, just <laughs> bro, wrapped in a, you, you, your gear would be a brop bar. Um, the fans would love me. Hey, let me ask you guys this. Uh, we'll, do a, we'll do a quick East preview uh, of the lights class. But before we go to that, it was pretty heavily rumored, and it was kind of sort of confirmed to me that Tomac is going to ride the 450 um, on the East Coast um, for Factory Honda. This was before the night show, though. So, Ping, does this change anything? Does Tomac's night change anything for you if you're Geico or Eli or Factory Honda? Because it's going to happen. It was going to happen. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it does. No? I think they're... 
their theory was Eli wants to move up quickly. He, do, he doesn't want to stick around in the lights class long. Oh, really? So, oh, wonder, wonder, wonder why. This mm. is a chance for him to, yeah. you know, prove to Honda, prove to whoever that he can ride the big bike well. I mean, lights title is great, but he's already proven he's fast. And, you know, even if he doesn't win this title, you know what I mean? People have seen how fast he is. You know what I mean? One, he'll, he will probably have won more races than anyone on this side of the, on this coast. And His dad's gnarly. He's fast. Yeah, yeah he's gnarly. So if he, if he can throw in a couple top fives or something uh, on a 450, you know, what does that do for his stock? Uh-huh. You know, next year, the year after, whenever. You think he wants to move out next year? No. Well, if he wins the title, I'm sure he'd run the number one plate, but then yeah. it would be like, you know. Three years is a good. Did Ricky go three years? Yeah. Stewart went, went three two years. And he, he went two in the Supercross, and he regrets that to this day. Because remember, his first year on a 250 was a disaster. Yeah. In Supercross, and then yeah. he went back to 125 for the Nationals, and he said over and over he wishes he'd taken that extra year. So there you go. Well, he got beat in 97. Yeah, but in 98, he won every single race. You know, it was like. Yep. Let's not forget what happened well, well, in 97, though. <laughs> um, Ping, or Wigant, what do you think? Uh, do you agree with Ping about Tomac? Yeah, plus the one thing I think it, it okay, so now you're in a situation where, like we said, you got to go out and, and try to win these last races. Um, okay, there is a chance that he could get hurt. I understand that. But there also is a chance that he does well, which there's quite a precedent for this. Um, you know, we know what. Kennard did a few years ago, and even uh, Sealy, if who I re- if I remember, someone predicted last year when the West Series resumed in Seattle, someone said, "Stamp it, Cole Sealy's going to win this race. He's ridden the 450. He's gotten experience on these rutted East Coast tracks. He's coming in with a little extra confidence." And what did Sealy do in Seattle? He won. Who, who said that? That was you. Oh, yeah. You don't remember this? No, I say a lot of dumb things. Like I say, oh. like I'm a, I'm at a. Thirty percent success rate for what I what I say stamp. Oh. It. So uh, I should have um, taken credit. You would have never known. Your stamp it is like seventy percent. Don't stamp it. My my stamp it. Remember, Chad Reed is retiring. Stamp it. Chad Reed will never race in America again. Stamp it. Yeah. My stamp it's are so unpredictable that I don't always remember. But good to see that I was right. Well, that's the point, though. He, you your your theory was because he rode a couple of four fifty races, and it wasn't like Sealy won them. You know, he got like a like a tenth or eleventh, but it was good. Just gave him that little extra boost. Um, well, like like you said, Weege, it's 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 back to scratch once they go to Seattle. Yeah, they haven't raced in two months. I said it's that. Like whoever, right. you're nervous again. You're like, oh, okay, here we yeah. go. You know, like yeah, the, and, it, it, there's a lot. You're shaking out the buds again. Where a guy who keeps racing, it's just another weekend. You know, hey, he's, and, he's been racing, and you're battling the track in Seattle. You know, like it's all sketchy, and you're like, oh god. You know, um, no, my theory on that is you're just staying sharp. You're just racing at the highest level. And you're jumping back to a smaller bike, so you're like, ah, I got this shit, you know. Um, but would you say would you say injuries happen? I mean, there's probably you could argue for or against this either way, but I mean, I would say people get hurt just as often practicing during the week as they do at the races racing. I agree. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, anything else about the anything else about San Diego? Or do you want? I just want to talk about the East real real quick. Uh, I'm getting a note here. Hey, Ping, my, I was going to ask about those uh, about those whoops. Okay, um, okay. Right. You know, the last lap. Reed was uh, when he he and uh, Villapoto and Reed were, were going at it. Reed didn't get quite the drive that he needed to into the whoops that he had before, and he just manualed through the through the end of it. He just pretty much said, 
I'm not letting the front end drop. I'm still going to blitz these things no matter what. Well, how a section whips like that, how winded are you at the end of that section? Like how tired must those guys be just at the end of that straightaway alone? It's the gnarliest part of the track for sure. I mean, you, you don't breathe really. Right. At least I never did. I mean, I think most guys would agree. You kind of go, and just everything on you is tensed up, and you're trying not to die for the next 100 yards. <laughs> so, Is that what you tell your students when you when you, take, when you do your schools? <laughs> well, no, that's sketchy. I'm sorry. Nobody's just, like, breathing right, right, casually. Right. And, hmm, there we go. This is nice. Um, it's a, you know, it's a struggle. You're wrestling with 220 pounds trying to put it in a precise spot, you know, as it's trying to do every other thing. Kids, I know I'm your instructor. Let's just try not to die in this section Look, right here's here. here's what we're going to do, guys. <laughs> what I want you to do is click her into fourth gear and just try to stay alive for the next 300 feet. Okay? Fast as you can go now. Okay. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, and my point is just think about okay. how much those guys are going for it then. I mean, it was down to the last two laps, and we knew it would come down to the whoop. So, man, it's one of those things you can't see it because you don't see how hard they're breathing or anything like that. But. Those guys were going for it. Even oh. you can't see the look on their face. It yeah. must have been it must have been at the limit right there. Do you think you know, I think in this day and age of uh social media and internet and media, lots more media covering the series, I really do believe like at Dodger Stadium there was no whoops on the track map and Reed and Wyndham were complaining and they put whoops in and I believe they the series promoters and track guys read columns, listen to podcasts. They're going to probably hear a lot of things about the whoops and how awesome it was. And, and do you think that affects them? Do you really? I mean, we were joking about it earlier, but I think it does. I think they do do some stuff and change it up. Right? Wait, what I think those guys listen to chatter. I, I, I was listening to them. Um, the Dirtworks guys were all collected, and uh, this was after track walk. And they were like, yeah, you know, guys are hearing good things about the track. Guys are liking it, you know. You know, so those guys they hear the chatter that's going on, and they talk about it. You know, I, I don't know how much it. At the end of the day, they go to Winkler, and Winkler goes, "Oh yeah, people are saying this. Okay, let's do that." You know. Right. Okay. But they, I, I guarantee they consider it. All right. Um, well, again, I got a note from our producer here, uh, Moser. Don't forget to talk about Shorty getting ridden over by Wesson Pike. Okay, go. Oh, we do at least have information on exactly what happened. He did, yeah. He got cleaned up. He got ridden over by maybe the biggest guy out there. So I was going to say the heaviest guy in the yeah. field. Yeah, yeah. but Brayton rode with a broken leg. What more do I have to say? Yeah, good point. Severed. Yeah. I heard severed. Just hanging there. Boot was yeah, there wasn't boot even was, a leg in that boot. Boot like, was the only thing. He had a leg, but yeah. that was just a boot. Boot was the only thing keeping it on, keeping it together, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it was like that movie yeah. Signs where the, the, the wife is pinned by the truck and she's only living because the truck is pinned there, you know? <laughs> And that's why Brayton is only living because he has his boots still on. Yes, blood red Honda that he's on. Uh, um, you know, I do hear uh, Reed said he thinks one of the reasons the whoops got exceptionally bad because in the during the track walk they looked like long and but most of the riders thought they looked like good, like we're looking forward to it. And then by the end of the night, pretty much no one said that. Right. Reed's theory. Um, I actually saw him at the airport the next day, and he said he thinks because the whoops have not been gnarly yet that a lot of guys were softening up their suspension and then they were getting it all wrong and then they were hitting yeah. the wrong spots of the whoops and then after a whole day of that, um, 
this is what happened. The, the lines were gone. So that's uh, one theory. Well, I've, I've heard that theory from teams I talk to. What the hell, man? We're set, we ride our tracks during the week, and then we come to the races, and the racetracks are way too easy, man. And our bikes are all set up wrong because we got real supercross tracks, man, during the week, and now we show up and we got these pansy-ass tracks, man. Like, seriously. All the mechanics in the pits are like high-pitched hippies from the <laughs> 70s and 60s. I, uh, no, for real, though. I've heard You're that. You're my mellow, man. <laughs> they're, they're affecting my chi, man. Um, no, for reals, I've heard that, though. So, Reed may be onto something. I've heard that from other teams that, like, their test tracks during the week are one thing, and they've been showing up at these tracks, and they're another thing, and they've been a little bit lost in their setup, and I don't know how true that is, you know, but uh, could I have a point? Yeah. Yeah. you got to race on what they give you, though. Uh, like. And before we move on to the East Coast uh, preview, I want to mention, once again, we never talked about Brent Metcalf, who got fourth. So. Just oh, yeah. How about that? Got a whole shot and even led. <laughs> no, not one. Nope. Not good enough. <laughs> poor, not good poor, enough. Poor Meddy. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we, don't really we went on and on about the guys that got fifth and sixth, Hanson and Brayton, but I we talk, didn't. I talked to Bart Mill Park. Taps, we I, gave like five minutes for seven. I talked about Parker's in the whoops for ten minutes <laughs> um, in, in the heat race, in one heat race that I saw. Uh, poor Brett. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're such dicks. Good ride, Brad. Good job. Well, he was he was a quiet fifth until Wyndham crashed, right? He was like a distant fifth. Yeah, still. They were actually battling. He he got back on him. Um, because that's oh, what did he? he said in his interview. And then, lo and behold, I watched the show, and he really – it was just one of those deals that the track was. It was like one guy would be faster in the whoops, and another guy could be faster all the way around. And they would just – like, in that section, he would lose them, and then they would catch back up. Yeah, when they went through there in the last lap, they were actually close. Um, I think those whoops were awesome for that. Like, everyone had problems at some point. Like, it made the race so unpredictable. Still not talking know? about Metcalf. Still went from the Metcalf. Yeah, Wyndham and then whoops. To, yeah. to, to Wyndham and the whoops. Uh, he's, cri- he's kryptonite to, uh, you know, exposure. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Somehow. All right. right? Let's, let's move on. Um, <laughs> East Coast. East Coast 250s. Um, I would – Put Barsha. Um, I, I put Barsha as one and Roxon as one A, except, and maybe you two jerkies have heard the same thing. And we know, we kind of been hearing that Roxon just getting back on the bike. Which, when I spoke to Roxon a little while ago, he said, "I'm going to have about three weeks under my belt going into the first East Coast." It doesn't look like he had three. He has three weeks under his belt, so he may be coming in a bit slow. Do you guys hear that? I thought he was at Elsinore like a while ago. I, I thought I saw a video or something of him out at Elsinore like, yeah, at least three weeks ago. Okay. But what about on no? the Supercross track, though? Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Uh, do, you, um, do, do, do we agree that, do we agree Barsha? Barsha has the edge over at Baggett, Durham, Mookie, and whoever, somebody else I probably forgot. I would say that you you always put the smart money on the guy who did win the title last year and over some of those same riders. Um, I don't think you know we've seen what Baggett's capable of, and not just in motocross. I mean, he did win races last year. Um, uh, yeah. Again, the most forgotten race win ever that he won the finale of the East last year in Vegas. Um, but I mean, he's certainly capable of. But I'd, I'd say you got to put the smartest money on the guy who already got it done. That's what I would say. Yeah. 
Um, but I believe, remember, we had a couple of years going there in the East where, like, Trey Kennard came out and won his first races he was ever in. Mm-hmm. And Dungey won the first race, uh, the first AMA race he was ever in. Um, I hear a lot of chatter about Justin Dun- Bogle and how good he could Dungey be. Dungey won the it, first AMA surprised. race he was ever in? What you, Dungey won what? Dungey raced one of those Canadian rounds back when the Canadian rounds were in December. Uh-huh. You know, but they weren't for AMA points. But the first, his first year, the opener of the East was Atlanta, and he won. Um, number 62? Because I remember, this is why I remember this, because Holly predicted, we're like, who do you think will win the opener of the East? And he's like, Ryan Dungeon. I'm like, in his first official race? And he's like, yep. And then the next year he said the same thing about Kennard, and they both won. Jim Hollywood, Holly, everyone. Stamp it. Yeah, just another reason of brilliance of Jim Holly. Okay, so yeah. Um, so you're saying, Weege, if Bogle comes out and and wins the opener, you're n- you'd be mildly surprised only? I'm saying it could. I guess let's put it this way: right. it could. You have to be. You have to say that it's a big deal that a guy wins his first race, for sure. But I'm saying it's definitely in play right now. Like right. That guy can go. Right. Everything I've heard. Well, bike and team are are on par, as we know. So, right, right. Uh, what about Mookie? Now, I'm a big fan of Mookie, even though James has told me that Mookie does not like me. So I don't care though. My relationship is one is one way, and. I believe that kid is super talented and, and pretty good, pretty amazing on a bike. Uh, can Mookie win races? Or is he just going to be podium? He's never made a podium. So we all agree he's going to make a podium, right? We all agree on that, don't we? Yeah, I think so. Okay, Ping? Um, I mean, likely, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I, you know what? Wow, Mookie hater. East for me is like up in the air a lot. There's a lot of good guys over there. Okay. Mookie hater. No, not a hater at all. I think Wharton is going to be really fast. People are not thinking about him at all. I think that uh, Baggett's probably faster than you're giving him credit for. Durham? I don't know about Durham. I don't know. I haven't seen him ride at all. You know, so I, I don't. I don't. He was good last year on a, you know, a bike that's not as good as what he's riding now. Right. So Mookie. So okay. So no Mookie for Ping. No, I'm not, not saying. I, I think he's certainly capable of a podium. I'm just saying there's a lot of guys that not, are. Uh, so I think we have to see who steps up and who crashes out and fizzles out, you know? Not taking the Mookie sandwich. Not eating it. Not on the Mookie train. Okay, so, Ping, um, is Wharton legit? Are we skipping over him? A lot of people. Yeah. We, we had this conversation yeah. on our show I think, I last think, you know, night. He's a great starter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's got great hair. He's fast. Great hair. Great hair. Yeah, he's, he's fast. I, I wouldn't write him off. Slash top hat. Do I think he's going to, you know, hand Barsha and Baggett and those guys their ass every single weekend? No. no. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's a guy who's on the box, and he could sneak a win, and, and he's that, he's capable. It would be so awesome if someone could get him to put a cigarette in his mouth and let it dangle there. <laughs> you know? And with the top hat and his hair. Ah. For a photo op. You know, like Slash. Yeah. Or no? yeah, I know. Okay. I know. Um, so, Barsha, Roxon, Baggett, Durham, Mookie, Bogle, Warden. Anyone else? Weege. Warden. Uh, Barsha. Did PJ Larson get in there? We got the two. We got the two. Two PC guys. Two Geico guys. We got Mookie. Is, is Larson riding that coast too? Yeah, Larson's riding that coast. He's been he's been riding for a few weeks. Um, you know, because he got hurt right before Supercross. Right. But I saw him in at A2, 
and he said he was good to go. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a <clears throat> that'd be a pretty big level for him to jump up to because he hasn't hasn't who been does, there yet. Who hasn't does been Star in the have? Yet. Who does Star Yamaha have over there? Well, they have Kyle Cunningham. That's that's oh, a possibility for hey. for something. I don't know if I would call Cunningham championship, but well, but we know. we definitely lift him. He, could, he belongs on that list I just named. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah good. Glad you mentioned that thing. Definitely belongs on the list. Who's the other guy? Kyle Peters. Okay, Kyle Peters. Yeah. Well, what about him? I haven't really seen a whole lot of him riding either, so I don't know. No. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he could do well, but like I said, it's tough for a rookie, and that's what I'm saying is special about what I'm hearing about Bogle. Like a lot of times, like, well, you know, you want the guy to learn and yeah. maybe some top fives off the bat, but I'm hearing Bogle can maybe make it happen from the get go. Here's what I can guarantee you about Bogle: he will hit. At least one jump per lap, do a little downward scrub, and his right foot will come off. And Brodo Cross will have a boner. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, Stamp it. Stamp it. I just. Uh, Brodo Cross needs something to keep him going because Dakota isn't ready to go yet. <laughs> I've never, I, I never noticed that, but I'll, I'm going to take a look. Oh, uh, he does this. He's, he's like basically created this move where he does like a, a scrub and his inside foot comes off and he dangles it straight down. Hanny started doing it like a bunch of guys have started doing it. Wilson does it now all the time. Timmy did it. That's Bogle's deal. Timmy didn't scrub and do it, but Timmy's foot came Timmy off. Timmy did it because his ankles were arthritic and they just sort of fell off the foot peg. Okay, you These know guys what? are doing it as like a style point. We're going to have enough of that. <laughs> we're not, I'm not going to stand for that. Thomas is only a phone call away. We will not stand for that. Um, but uh, um, Red Dog took his foot off his foot all the time in the, in the air. He he, all, he always like kicked it out in the air, like as if he was like as, as if his underwear were riding up his crotch, and he had to like you know straighten it out or something. Okay, but imagine like above a scrub. Okay, the bike is like scrubbed yeah. flat, and their inside foot is off and, and pointing straight down. Yeah, I need to see that. That's what it is. It's okay. like the dangle. I don't know what they call it or whatever. Okay. It's the new, so well, I'm know. gonna. That's the new skinny jeans of motocross, you know, yeah, chic yeah. riding styles. Next time I see Mookie, I'm going to fight through his hair, get to him, and I'm going to say, hey, <laughs> Ping, Ping doesn't like you, doesn't think you can win. He, oh. Direct, you say, I, direct your that. anger, direct your know. anger to him. I haven't seen him ride because he buries himself in his compound and all his hair, and he doesn't ever come out. Talk about hair. Wharton. I'll have, Wharton. I'll have, I'll have more. To, yeah, but Brent Blake's nice kid. You can talk to him and no, but I want to see the chat. battle of the hair. Like, what if they both make the podium? Is there enough room for everybody? <sighs> Just take your helmet off. It's... I don't know. That's a really good question. And Barsha cut his. Durham probably cut his, too. So, um, okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you for doing the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast San Diego wrap-up. Always a good time. Jason Wygant. David Pingree Moser listening here on the headset. He's getting a live uh, listen to this thing. So uh, thanks a lot, guys, and we will uh, we'll see you in Dallas. Yes, sir. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.